to a sip down memory lane. My name's Olivia. And I'm Emma. And today we have Summer here with us. She's our guest today and she's going to be sharing how she learned how to understand love through her breakup. Yes, and I'm going to introduce Summer. Summer is my cousin and um, she is truly the embodiment of her name. She's warm and bright and it's really, really tough to be sad when she's around. I admire Summer's ability to be goofy without caring if people think she's weird. Though I'm seven years older, I want to be more like her when I grow up. Some other things you need to know about Summer is that she will dance anywhere. Like, full-on dance no matter (laughs) where she is. (laughs) She will also spend any moment of free time taking care of others, whether she likes them or not. Not many people are as service-oriented as Summer, and that's something that I really, truly admire about her. She literally told me the other day about how she gave some girl a massage (laughs) (laughs) because she just asked for it. So, you know, there's Summer for you. Say hello! Hi! Yes, that's super true. But yes, I'm super (laughs) excited to be here, and it's such an honor to be Emma's cousin, so it's the best. (laughs) It's been it's been so interesting, like growing up because of our age difference and having so many cousins in between us. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that we had cousins our age that we were friends with. Yeah. Like our relationship has really developed once. I guess it developed a lot. Like once I was an adult and you were in high school, mm-hmm. I feel like that helped more. But then even like since we've both just been like adults out of high school I feel like our relationship has grown a lot yeah it's been really fun Mm -hmm. definitely I agree and since you live in Utah Mm -hmm. that helps too yeah we're the only cousins in Utah (laughs) so (laughs) yeah kind of just that natural selection (laughs) so anyway this leads into my drink so it's not what I like wanted to do originally but I couldn't find the stuff for it so we did something else. I wanted something that was like bright and happy and summery, especially while it's like so miserable outside. <laughs> and um, so what I ended up doing was I just bought from Trader Joe's. It was this like vitamin C juice. It has orange juice, pineapple juice, lemon juice, and mango juice in it. But then I mixed that with the blood orange Italian soda. Oh, yum. And we didn't have ice, but I do have frozen aloe in the freezer. So that's <laughs> what I put in here so that it was chilled because, like, <laughs> I didn't have enough time to put, like, have it in the fridge for a long time. So it was cold. Anyway, and it made it, like, a beautiful, I feel like, sunrise color. But go ahead and take a sip, you guys. <laughs> okay, Sly, that's good. <laughs> simple but I say slay so much it's like embarrassing but I love it no yeah I feel like it it was kind of cringe for a few years and now it's totally it's back Mm -hmm. everyone just says it and you gotta deal with it spelled a little but you look at me like I'm the millennial (laughs) that has to deal with you saying slay (laughs) that's so funny uh awkward unintentional (laughs) I don't care I don't say it but Yum. I have made Slay my opening message to a few people on Hinge. Oh, I love that. And it either goes great or they never respond. <laughs> That's how you know. Yeah. That is how you know whether or not to continue. Yeah. yeah. If it's like a good fit, I'll say like, wow, the fit is slaying. Or if, if it's like a funny, like it was this guy in like a hospital gown oh. and I just said Slay. 
And I think it's a great gauge, honestly. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. Also, the kind of like aloe that you can chew up kind of satisfying. We <laughs> <laughs> make do with what we have. I was here. a little nervous. I like moved it aside via tongue. I was like <laughs> kind of nervous, there's but no, I'll try it. There's no flavor to the aloe, which is why I put it in here. Uh-huh. I know it wasn't gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. It. But it's not like slimy like you would think. It just is squishy. Yeah, it's a little alarming because they look just like ice cubes. And then you sip it and it's like mushy and yeah, yeah, squishy, I guess. That was better than I thought. Yeah, it's a little strange, but but the drink itself is actually pretty good. Yeah, Yeah. it's delicious. Good job, Emma. Thank you. A mocktail. A little mocktail for you all. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just was like, I I wanted something that felt like bright and punchy with flavors to kind of embody, again, summer. So flattered. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's get into our exciting things. Summer, why don't you start us off? Okay. Um, this week I cut my hair off. So I've been wanting to cut my hair. So it was really long. Um, and then I cut it just like right under my chin. And then it's grown like four inches probably since I cut it in yeah. September. Um, and I've been wanting to cut it because I I can't do long hair. I love it on other people. It drowns me out. It's just not my thing. That's how I feel about myself. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't think long hair suits me. And it makes me sad, but I'm I'm embracing the short hair. And it's short. Like, I've never had my hair this short. But that was an exciting thing that I did at midnight. So, yeah. Yeah. It looks really cute. (laughs) You did it yourself? No. No. Her roommate's a hairstylist. So, funny enough, I do Summer's hair, but I color it. Mm -hmm. I cut, like, some soft bangs on you the other day. But I haven't, like, I haven't really cut your hair. Mm-mm, not yet. Your roommate does. Yeah, my roommate. I have yeah. two hair girls. Yeah. Aww. So, yeah. I yeah. would never do it alone. But, yeah. That's my exciting <laughs> thing. Like, it looks amazing if you did that yourself at midnight. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Roommate. Wow. Yeah. I love it. Looks I think that's a really fun hairstyle. The, like, super short bob. It's so much easier to dance. For real. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I can so dance cute. and whip my hair just, like... Willow. Love it. <laughs> anyway, yes, that's my, that's my exact thing that I did. Oh. Love it. What about you, Emma? My exciting thing is I'm a little bit of a gamer girl now. Yes! <laughs> I am here for this. <laughs> Not actually, but I did start playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. <gasps> a beautiful game. It is so pretty. I have never played a game like this before. Mm-hmm. I... I'm not that much of like a gamer. I like playing games and stuff. And I have a Switch that I've had for a while. And I like the versatility of it. But we do a lot of like Super Smash. And I have Animal Crossing. But I'd never played a game like Zelda where it's this open world. But also like there's a clear task. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. because even though... Animal Crossing is an open world. It's very, very simple. And there aren't really, like, any clear tasks to do. You just live in the world. With Zelda, you, like, have this open world where you can go anywhere. You can do anything. But there are also, like, goals that you have to achieve. So I like that because it helps my brain that, like, has to have a regimented, like, you're doing this, then this, then this, then this. It's, like, helpful towards that. But because it is this open world, I, like, have so much to explore and figure out. And it's 
like trying to even just get the controls down of like I'm walking, but also I need to move the camera angle. I always go the wrong way. And it's really challenging when I'm like in battles because then I can't see where my enemy is. <laughs> I'm trying to get it figured out. But I was telling a client today, I actually feel like it's helping me be creative in a way that I've never been creative before. And I love that. So like yesterday I was trying to beat this group of like monsters and <laughs> kill them all so I could take their stuff. And I like could not figure it out. I tried like 10 different ways. I'm like, maybe if I sneak up on them this way, or maybe if I sneak up on them that way, or maybe if I climb up on the tower and like throw bombs at them. Like I was like trying to figure all this out. And then eventually I was just like, okay, cool. I don't need to actually like fight them. I never figured it out. Eventually I'll go back. But even like trying to sneak around, like there was mm -hmm. one point where I saw some monsters in the distance and I was like, okay, I need to go this way. So I'd like sneak and hide behind a rock and then I'd like peek out and be like, okay, they're going the other way. Now I can like go hide behind this bush. Like I was like, anyway, it has been really fun to unlock this part of my brain that's never been used and, um, and apply it. Although I have looked a lot of things up online. <laughs> That's the only way to play video games. <laughs> well, there are some things where I'm like, why can't I figure this out? Mm -hmm. Like, like I'd be like so confused. And so anyway, I'm getting the hang of it. And it's been, it's been really, really fun. And it's very, very beautiful. So. That's great. Yeah. I love that for you. <laughs> Thanks. In your gamer era. In my gamer era. I've only been playing it for three days. <laughs> That's funny. Well, so Cooper, Colby, and I. Um, so we're our cousins. Yeah, yeah, we're all we're all cousins here. We're all buddies. Um, we would play Legend of Zelda until like the wee hours of the night, like on the GameCube, super late. And so this is just like full circle, feeling nostalgic right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I remember them being kids and being obsessed with Zelda. Yeah, it was bad. We were like obsessed with Majora's Mask. So, I haven't even heard that. It's, it's the one on the it's the one on the GameCube. Oh, so. okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember like when I first put the game in because I'm borrowing it from our friend Jace. And when I first put it in, I was like, I remember Cooper and Colby being obsessed with Zelda. And on Be Real, Mason, our other cousin, who is their younger brother, actually reacted to that Be Real because I had a Be Real of me playing it. <laughs> I don't think he's ever reacted <laughs> to a be real in my book. Oh, that's so <laughs> but funny. But he did to Zelda. That's good. That, that's so, a, that means you're valid, Emma. <laughs> yeah. Like, cool. Mason thinks I'm so cool. Teenage kid. <laughs> like, yes. Got a reaction. Yeah. I think I'm like 10 years older than him. No, I think I'm more than 10 years older than him. So, you know, it's fun. But Impressing the younger kids. Yeah, you know. I love it. I'm getting in touch. So... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for giving you the millennial side eye earlier. <laughs> really? No, I mean to. I don't claim millennial. <laughs> I am <laughs> I am very much a millennial and I'm okay with it. Um, how about you, Olivia? What about you? Okay, mine's a little more serious. <gasps> Love it. I've been going to therapy this year Amazing. since the start of the year. Um, and I feel like for the first time last week, I kind of made a little breakthrough in oh, therapy. Yes. I don't know if you guys have been before, mm -hmm. but I haven't. It takes a while mm -hmm. to be able to like dive into some of those difficult things and to figure out like why you're actually going. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I knew why I was going, but I was finally able to like put it into words last time I went. And even though they were kind of like 
slaps in the face of these realizations that mm-hmm. I made. It was like really helpful. So I love it. Everyone should go to therapy. Try it out. <laughs> Here's another classic Gen Z and millennial separation. <laughs> Side eye. Me knowing I need therapy. <laughs> I know. And not going. Just a little, <laughs> little push in the right direction. Honestly, it's not that I don't want to go at all. Mm-hmm. I want to go so bad. It's just when I think about like, oh, yeah, I need to sit down and figure it out and how it's going to work with my insurance and all that stuff. I get distracted by something else and I don't end up taking the time to figure it out. That's really the only problem right gotcha. now. <laughs> but yeah, that's great for you, Olivia. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, seriously, this sounds so silly, but congrats. Like that is the only thing I can say because that is so hard. And like, it feels like you take a thousand steps forward, but then it also feels like somehow a thousand steps backwards because you're, instead of just like putting a bandaid on this wound and it's getting like all scabby, sorry. Mm-hmm. That's kind of graphic, <laughs> but it's like you're actually healing it instead of just like slapping something on top to fix it. And so yeah. that's like really painful, but it's so rewarding once you can look and be like, whoa, there's not just like all these band-aids on it anymore. Like things are actually better. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you. It's I feel a lot of hope about certain things I haven't felt hope for in a while. So Aww. it's beautiful go to therapy (laughs) shout out therapy (laughs) cheers to that (laughs) all right well yeah let's get into the let's get into the story speaking of therapy (laughs) and emotions (laughs) let's get into this i'm excited to hear more about what you got from this breakup because Mm -hmm. i've heard a little bit about the breakup well i've heard a lot about the breakup (laughs) I know the logistics of the breakup and, you know, I knew the person that you were dating and stuff. So this is going to be really interesting on that end for me, but I think it'll be interesting for everyone who doesn't know you or your ex. Yeah. So, Okay. I'm like, my heart's pounding. (laughs) This is such a vulnerable thing for me to talk about. Um, But I'm excited because I feel like so many people have had like a similar experience that I've had. Um, and I just love what I learned. Like I would never trade what I learned for like being in that relationship. Um, I love to preface this by saying I have so much love for this individual. I will and my like try my hardest never to say anything bad about him because he is one of the most incredible people that I know. Um, you know, sometimes great people do not great things. <laughs> Um, and that's okay. And I think that, you know, just accepting that, like I always have to preface that to remind myself not to say ugly things about others because I'm sure that there's things he could say about me too. So, um, yeah, go ahead. I do want to add, because we have talked about that. You've said that to me, but you've also been clear with that. Like, you're not going to go be besties. Mm -mm. So I think that that is a really healthy perspective of like after a relationship ends, whether it's romantic or not, that, just because you can be like, cool, like we're good. Things are good. They're good. I'm good. Does not mean that you have to like allow them to totally be in your life. So, yeah, that's a great point. Thank you actually for bringing that up because I'm such a huge believer in the no contact rule. I (laughs) understand that people have different circumstances with their significant others and that's like totally fine. 
I just have never seen the no contact rule work for me or the contact rule work. Like I cannot stay friends with my exes because I will <laughs> fall in love with them again. <laughs> like I fell in love with you because we were friends in the first place. Like there's yeah. no way I'm not going to do it again. So I just know myself and I'm like, I just can't like the second we break up, I need no contact. So, and I'll talk about that a little bit. So yeah, I guess I can just kind of explain the preface of how we met. Yeah. Um, so I was a missionary for the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, and I, was so blessed to be in Orlando, Florida. Like, is that even like, it's like a vacation. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was awesome. And I met my bestie for the sake of this. Let's call him John. Um, so <laughs> I'm not going to say his real name, um, but we'll call him John just for the sake of the story. So, um, missionaries, female missionaries for, for my church, we served for, um, 18 months. So I was living in Florida for 18 months and you're with these little groups of other missionaries. Um, and you're all working together in this area. Um, and so I met John, um, in, in my very first area. And so long story short of the 18 months, we were together for a year, which is pretty uncommon. Every six weeks, there are changes where you go to different areas, like nearby the city that you're in. Um, and so you're not always with the same missionaries. And so, um, it was pretty unheard of that we were so working so closely together for a year. Um, and he really liked me, like (laughs) (laughs) he wrote me like love letters he, they weren't like, they're like, I'm in love with you, but it was like pretty obvious. Um, and that's like, not really something that's a little taboo. That's not really something you do as a missionary. Um, but I, I just thought he was a great friend. Like, honestly, we were best friends and I just loved being around him. I wasn't romantically interested. Um, but I just was like, you know what? He's a great guy. Like, I hope we're friends after we both return home from our missions. Um, fast forward to, so we were, we, we're in the same area for six months and then six months we weren't. So we had like a six month period in the middle where I didn't see him at all. Um, and then I saw him again after those six months and my heart sunk and I was like, I'm in love with him. (laughs) And we were working so closely together for the last six months of my missionary service. And so that's how we met. And he knew I liked him and it was kind of just this unspoken, like, Hey, I really like you. So I returned home and we would write letters and we would talk. And we eventually started dating um, August, what is it, 2022? Yeah, August 2022, yeah. we started dating. Um, and I seriously felt like I was on cloud nine. Like it just, I had known him for so long and we were best friends and it was just awesome. And I have always really struggled because I have such bad relationship anxiety where I'm always just like, do they like me? Do they not? Like, I'm so unsure about the future and I base all my present feelings on this unpredictable future. But with him... I felt like the, when you know, you know, statement was like (laughs) so true. And never once was I like, this isn't meant to be like, I loved him on all in all types of ways, like as a friend, as a human being, as like, I don't know, just like charity for him. I just loved him so much. Um, and I just felt like it clicked. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I did not mean to interrupt you. That is like the most ideal way to start a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like feeling so comfortable with them as a friend first. I feel like that's what everybody wants. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like it's way more rare than it seems. Like when I think about people I know and how they met their significant others, I feel like it's, it's a lot more like, oh yeah, we just went on a few dates and then we liked each other. Mm -hmm. But when you're actually like best of friends first, that's amazing. Yeah, I can attest to that. <laughs> Emma knows. Emma knows. Know. Yeah, I'm like, it's rare. <laughs> Do 
Dixon and I were best friends for yeah. like a year You're before like, we smooched. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I love and it. Now we have a child. See, I hoped that's <laughs> what would happen to me. <laughs> and that's what everyone wants to know, right? Like yeah. the the fun part is like it's always fun to hear how people meet, <clears throat> but I I feel like there's probably a lot of people out there that are like, okay, that's all great and dandy, but like, I don't have that. And I've never found that. And I don't really understand how that feels. Um, and so I, I think that's why I wanted to talk about this so much because I learned so much about when something is right. And I, I put air quotes, like if something's right or how to know. And I think those are just like hard questions. Like I think yeah. there's not a pattern to love um, but it's so helpful to know that you're not the only one that got heartbroken, but knowing that your feelings weren't wrong. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk about that a little bit. So we're just going to fast forward. So we're dating. Everything's good. We decided to get married. Um, it was a little fast. <laughs> we were married. We were going to get yeah, engaged. Way, I was like, what? <laughs> the way you <laughs> said that. We eloped. <laughs> no, no, it no. sounded like you got married and then, de- yeah, no, no, no. You no. decided you wanted to get married. Yes, yeah. thank you. That's a better way to put it. Yeah, so we decided we wanted to get married. Um, and so we had gone ring shopping and we picked out the ring that, like, I really liked and I wanted. And the last thing was we were basically just, like, waiting for him to come to my... So I'm from California and we were both living in Utah at the time. So um, he was going to come to California with me and ask for my dad's, like, blessing to propose to me. We were going to get engaged in January 2023. That was, like, our plan. Um, and we had, like, a date picked out, everything. Um, and I was stoked. Like, I was so excited. I am so as- afraid of marriage and being old with someone. That makes me sick. <laughs> the thought of, like, just being old and having nothing to do with someone, like, freaks me out to the max. <laughs> but I never felt like that with him. So I'm like, this is it. Aww. Like, I can see him being an old person and I would still kiss him. <laughs> As if I'm also an old person. <laughs> You're like, old people? Kind of hot. <laughs> no, if we're both old. We're both old. So, like, I just thought I had, like, met my match. Like, it was perfect. Um, And then... This is, like, not funny. <laughs> but I laugh every time I tell the story. Oh. So I went on... So it was Christmas time. And I went to visit like I was with his family for the week before Christmas and the plan was that he would come with my family the week after Christmas and just some things happened in his life and he wasn't able to come to California and he needed to be with his family and while I was gone he was just really distant and I was so confused because he had never really ignored me or not wanted to talk to me. Like we had been best friends for a year and all he wanted to do was talk to me. Like anytime we had the opportunity to see each other, it was like, like wildfire. Like we couldn't stop talking to each other. And so this was the first time that I felt like he was distant. And I was just like, I honestly spiraled. Like I was crying the whole time I was away from him and I was just a mess. And I was like reading all these articles about how to know if you should get married. I was taking like, (laughs) should we break up quiz from Cosmos? (laughs) Because I was like so at a loss and I just wanted to talk to him. And um, so long story short, we both come back from vacation and we grab dinner um, and he was being a little bit weird. And so we go to Chili's. Chili's is my favorite restaurant. Um, he, He suggests that we go to Chili's. So we go there and he's like, let's order some food. And I'm like, dog, what is going on? Like you are being so odd right now. Um, and then he just like looked at me and was like, I just want to break up. 
And I knew it. Like, I knew. I feel like a woman's intuition is never wrong. And I knew. I just, like, wanted to hear him say it finally because it was, like, just the agony that I felt. It just was the worst waiting. Well, it can just eat you up inside Mm -hmm. the uncertainty where it's, like, you you know it, but then – Unless they say it, it's not a reality. Mm-hmm. And so then your brain is trying to fill in all these things and figure out like, okay, well, what's going wrong? Or what's going on? What have I done wrong? Like, what do they actually want? Like, what is going to happen here? Especially when you're banking your future on this thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that is so stressful. Yeah, it was. And like, like you said, I, so we were planning to get married in June and we were actually going to move out of the state. And so I have like sculpted my plans, like for the next two semesters to like being married and like not having my contract. Like those are really big life things that you have to do when you're like, okay, like we're getting married. And so when he said that, I just was like, the only thing that I could think to say, and this is literally what I said. I was like, I know, but why? Like, what happened? Like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. And he told me that he wasn't in love with me, um, which was the worst because I had dated someone pretty seriously before him as well who told me that there were just things about me he didn't like. So for that to be the second time where I'm in a serious relationship and they decide they want to end it because they just didn't love me. I'm over here like I'm already anxious. I'm already insecure. And so it just felt like a thousand knives. Like I just, oh, I just started bawling in the middle of Chili's, you guys. Our waitress is like, I so, would you like to drink? And I'm like, I'll take a water. <laughs> Literally embarrassing. I don't get embarrassed very easily, but I was mortified. Like all these people around us just like, I couldn't even like contain my tears. Like I was just bawling. So we have a really good breakup, actually. He tells me what he, like, admires about me and loved about me for, like, 30 minutes. And he was like, I want you to know this has nothing to do with you. He's like, I love you as a human. He was like, I just don't love you the same way you love me. And I was, like, torn because I was like, thanks for letting me know, but also, ouch. Yeah. And he <laughs> proceeds to tell me that he had known for, like, a month. He was on the fence for about a month, and I didn't know. And so that was also hard because I was like, we, like... Like, I wish you would have told me, you know, because now I feel kind of dumb. Yeah, let's have a conversation about this. Yeah, let's take a, let's take a pause. <laughs> a month is way too long to not communicate. Mm-hmm. Way, way, way too long. I understand if you have, like, a couple days, maybe even a week, but I think a week is too long. Mm-hmm. If you have a couple days where you're like, okay, I don't know where I'm feeling or what I'm feeling. If you care about your significant other enough, you need to say something. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't even matter if you're in love with them or not. If you're not sure, like, you need to be able to let them know. It, especially when you're planning that much. Yeah. And it can just be a simple, like, you know what? I'm going through some things. I'm not as sure as I once was. Mm-hmm. That is so helpful to hear. Even though it sucks. It is so helpful to know where somebody stands because then you, as the person receiving that information, can then figure out like, okay, well, where do I go from here? What do we do? Then you guys can work as a unit to figure out what is best for you guys instead of one person distancing themselves for so long that then they've decided what's best for the group, Mm -hmm. which then hurts someone even more. Yeah. I'm passionate about this. I am. As you should be. It's a good topic. But when there are so many things where you're like, okay, you need to be 
don't know. It just, relationships are so, so badly need communication. Yeah. And if you can't communicate how you're feeling to someone, then you need to reevaluate that relationship, but also you need to communicate that to them. Yeah, it's true. Like, it just isn't fair. Mm-hmm. Because you went a whole month, except for that last, what, like, week or few days? Yeah, it was, like, probably, like, two weeks. Like, when we were on vacation, I knew something was off. So, it was, like, two weeks before I had – and I knew, and I asked him, actually. I said, what's going on? And he told me everything was fine. Okay. No, John. Especially if you're giving an out. Just say it. I know. I know. It's so much less hurtful. I know. And kind of, like, piggybacking off of what you said, like – it's so hard when someone just like sits with a situation and then makes like a decision for the group mm-hmm. because it's like what you do directly affects my entire life. Like yeah. not even just the fact that like I'm dating you, but like I have all these connections. Like I was best friends with his siblings. And so mm-hmm. now I lost those friends and I lost his um, roommates were my friends. And so yeah. now I lost those friends and I lost this other family that I had like gotten attached to that I thought was like going to be my family um, and so that was such a long buildup, but I feel like that buildup was so necessary to know about like what I learned because yeah. it wasn't just like a, oh, we had dated and we liked each other and I got broken up with. It was like a life altering situation yeah. where like all my plans had changed. Um, and it was honestly embarrassing because on that Christmas trip, everyone was like all my cousins because I'm so close with my family. They, I mean, as you could probably tell, like, I've talked about three of my cousins already, and we've been, like, on this podcast once. Our family <laughs> is weirdly close. Like, we all, like, I think one, two, four of us grew up on the same block, like, yeah. within walking distance. So, we're so close. And my whole family's asking me, I'm like, the wedding is this day, this is my ring, this is the dress I'm getting, like, I'm like, mark your calendars, and then to, like call people and be like so actually never mind it was just like mortifying and I just was and I am not one to get embarrassed probably from the intro Emma gave about me you can tell I will dance anywhere I will do anything (laughs) you can literally ask me to like pick your nose and I will do it like I am not shy she's not joking no I literally will like I will do whatever but like I was so embarrassed and that's a feeling that I had never felt before so it was really hard and so I just remember that I so we walk around a little bit um, and because neither of us had driven, I was way too nervous to drive. So shout out to my roommate and bestie, Tessa Colney. She drove me there, <laughs> but I didn't know when this whole like thing was going to end. So we have this great conversation in Chili's um, and his ride was like there and picked him up, but I didn't have a ride and I was too embarrassed to like go back in the restaurant, but it was like raining outside. So in front of our Chili's, there's like a bench and I just like, sat on the wet bench and bawled my eyes out until someone could come pick me up. And I was just like, this is a movie. Like, I'm in a movie right now. Also, was it the Chili's by my house? Yeah, the Orem Chili's. Summer! (laughs) You could have called me! Well, like, I was so in shock. I, like, had texted Tessa and I was like, hey, I didn't realize this was, like, ending right now. I don't even know if I was, like, thinking straight. Like, I was just... I thought it sense. I should have called you, though. I don't know why I didn't. That's such a silly... And I think um, Jared our other cousin well, my brother-in-law yeah. um, I was like is he my cousin-in-law what is he <laughs> yeah. no he was like why didn't you call me and I was like I don't know I wasn't really thinking so yeah. these strangers came and asked if I was okay and drove me home oh. I got in their car and I drove home with them so I get home I cry for a little bit and I 
cried for like two days and then I was like, fine. I went to a New Year's Eve party where I met my now boyfriend. (laughs) We actually were friends prior to that, but that's where we like really noticed like, oh, we're great friends because I had a, exactly. I had a boyfriend before, so we never like hung out one-on-one. And then I saw that he, cause this was like literally New Year's Eve. So all my New Year's Eve plans were slashed. And I was like, (laughs) okay, so my now boyfriend was having a karaoke party and I'm like, okay, I'm on my way. And we met. So that's kind of a funny story, but okay. (laughs) Just first of all, Props to you for a few days after your breakup being like, I'm going to go out of this karaoke party (laughs) because I 100% would have wallowed. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to have to give props to my mom, Cindy, because she told me once when my hamster died that I could cry for 30 minutes (laughs) and say one cuss word. And then I had to pick myself up. And my mom is not like an like super like strict, rigid, intense woman, but she is so strong. And I feel like she just taught me the value of picking yourself back up and like knowing her worth so that's what I did I was like you know what like it's I did nothing to inflict this upon myself I'm gonna have so much fun and meet some new people and it was hard like I didn't want to go but it felt awesome um and I feel like honestly that's where things totally shifted because that's where I learned that I can have fun without him I like yeah so I don't I don't need him to like have a good time or have fun or go out like I can just do what I want to do. Um, and so that was like a huge turning point because like literally after that night, I called him and I was like, please unfollow me on Instagram unfollow me on Facebook. Like, I want you to know I'm not angry at you. So I should preface this. I was his first girlfriend ever, like first kiss, That's first girlfriend. Crazy. And so I think I gave him a lot of grace because I feel like he just didn't know. So yeah. hopefully he learned. And I told him at Chili's, I was like, never treat a girl like this again. I was like, I was like, these are the things that essentially were not okay that you did. Like, these are boundaries that need to be set with anybody. Mm -hmm. Do not ghost people. Do not, like, ignore them. Um, If you have an out, like, take it and let people know before they're in too deep. And I was like, I know you didn't know, but now you know. So I hope that going forward, you don't have an excuse to treat girls this way. Mm -hmm. And I just think he had no idea. So. That's, like, another important thing to know because everyone's like, he's a jerk. I'm like, he's not a jerk. He just didn't know. Um, he's a baby. He, Yeah, he was – we had different experiences with relationships. So it's very kind of you <laughs> to say that and to think that. Yeah. I just hope someone would give me the same grace. You know yeah. what I mean? Maybe it's selfish in nature. I don't know. But I'm just like – I do silly stuff all of the time. And I'm so thankful when people are understanding and they're just like, I, look, I get it. Like, you just didn't know. I hate when people – are like, well, no, like, you should have known. I'm like, well, I'm learning. But if you don't know, you don't know. Do you feel like, I I mean, so I'm sure that was helpful for him because even though most of this was his doing and decision, like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there was still some pain that he felt. Do you feel like allowing him that grace also, like, helped you to feel better because you could almost let go of things? Yeah, I, one thing my dad taught me growing up is that the only person who can make you angry is you. Um, And I've just carried that with me. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm not, this sounds terrible. Like, I'm not going to let him ruin my semester or my night or my day. Like, I deserve so much better than that. And I'm not going to let one person do that. And so I think like being able to see another perspective really helped me not dwell in like my own anger and self-pity and 
I feel like that's what really kind of like changed this whole experience for me because I had a breakup where I did do that and I was angry and I was upset. And that's not to say that that's bad. Like feel your feelings. And, you know, I think I just felt mine maybe differently than I had in the past, which was like interesting and maybe how other people might. And that's okay because I'm my own individual person. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, I definitely think that helped. And that like is a perfect segue, honestly, into kind of some of my thoughts post breakup, because here I was giving him honestly a little bit too much grace. I was having these feelings where, which um, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but I have have very severe anxiety. Um, I love therapy and um, I take anxiety medication to just help balance me out. And I've had anxiety since I was like eight years old. Um, And so I am so anxious and my mind would just like spiral. Like, what did I do wrong? If I wasn't anxious, then he would have loved me. And like, maybe if I commit to changing X, Y, and Z about myself and I bring this to him, he'll accept me again and he'll love me again. And I was like taking it super personal and one-sided and being like, well, if he didn't love me and I loved him, then there must be something wrong with me. Like there was literally nothing wrong with him at all. And he was perfect and I will never find anybody better. And I'm worthless. Like who would want to date me? I'm so anxious and all these things. And one day when I went to therapy, thank you, it just clicked. And my therapist was like, those things just aren't true. Like everyone has flaws. That's a fact of life. And the things that you're saying are kind of like contradicting the facts of life. You're making it sound like he's perfect when you know for a fact that he's not. And that helped me a lot because I realized like, you know what, I did silly things and he did silly things. And I think that's what really helps me understand that kind of like what you were saying earlier, Emma, that when you are being vulnerable and trusting your emotions and your family and your everything that you have, you're trusting this person to take care of it. Because when you're dating someone, they know you so well that they know everything that could hurt you. Like he could have literally ruined my life if he wanted to, but he actively chose not to every day. Um, And so I think that it's just really interesting to think about how choices play a huge part into that. And that's what I realized because this whole time I kept thinking that I was so wrong because he was like, so obviously we're both religious. We were both Christian missionaries. And so he was saying, I prayed about it and it didn't feel right, but I prayed about it and it felt awesome. And I felt like it was the right thing to do. And so that taught me a lot about how you cannot attach how you feel to how somebody else feels all of the time. I think sometimes if there's someone around you that, you know, needs empathy or they need you to care for them, it's okay to be like, hey, I felt that before and I want to be there for you. But having this situation where you're like, well, my boyfriend feels like this about our relationship. So automatically I also need to feel that way or else I'm wrong Mm -hmm. or even vice versa. If your girlfriend's like, well, I feel this way, you should feel that way it doesn't work like that because you are so unique and part of relationships is that you're, and I'm sure like Emma, you're married. You probably know a lot more about this than I do, but you're coming together. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not too far off. (laughs) I've never been married. It's the same. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You're good. Um, But it's like, you're, you're taking these two different people and you're coming together to make 
something greater and compromise and and work together rather than and you you do mesh together i feel like you always adopt characteristics of the people that you're with your friendships and and your relationships as well but um it just taught me so much about um because i am so religious i was like god knows me so personally and he knew that that relationship would be awesome for me and i still believe that to this day i believe that that was the right relationship for me even though there were hard things that were that came with that relationship i feel like he knew that it was right i also feel like in the same way he knew it wasn't right for john um and that's okay and that doesn't make what i felt wrong or what he felt wrong it just makes it unique um and that helped me so much because there are times when you're in a friendship or a relationship and you feel like you're not getting the same energy back and i think that's such a good opportunity to learn like you know what maybe they're giving me this same feeling that i'm feeling in a different way or if they break up with me or i want to break up with them even though they might like me a lot, I'm not obligated to like them back. And I'm so glad that I learned that um, from that relationship because I think it helped me learn like how to be an individual while also being a part of something more than that. So, yeah. It, you talking about this made me think, you know, obviously made me think about my relationship with Dixon, mm-hmm. but it's made me think about all the other relationships I've had, like even just with Olivia for this podcast, Mm -hmm. right? We have very different (laughs) things that we think about or that we bring to the table. Like I tell everyone that I feel like Olivia has this amazing ability to take what seems like a totally meaningless story and turn it into some sort of like doctrine for you to live your life. (laughs) You know, like I can't do that. And when we are talking about how we want to be able to promote things and stuff, like we have different things that we bring to the table and having those two minds that think so differently help to create something that I think is truly beautiful and making a difference in the world. Even though it might be a small world right now, it's making a difference. (laughs) And you can do that with romantic relationships too. And it's really cool to have like these opposites or differences that can make something like really strong. But if people aren't willing to lay all of their things out on the table, then there's not going to be any progress. And I've had plenty of friendships like that. I've had my past romantic relationships before Dixon were like that, right? It's, I'd be on the same end where it was like, I, I want to move forward. Like I want to do more with this. And they were like, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got to a point where I was like, cool, I'm not waiting around for you. Like, see ya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we were never as close to getting like married. I, or anything but yeah being able to recognize like that there can be strength when you work together but if that is if there is no growth then it's not going to be a good move to move forward though there are things that you might need to find in a different relationship Mm -hmm. that you found in that one if that made sense yeah um this conversation is making me think about so many things, <laughs> but a lot of my thoughts are relating to my work. <laughs> I don't think I've talked super specifically about what I do. I don't really want to go into it too much, but I do work in domestic violence. And so I work a lot with mainly women who have been in like very abusive relationships and have 
what we call codependency issues, <laughs> um, where they just put a lot of their worth into another person and like how well they're able to either take care of someone or be taken care of. And I just think, I think it's so much easier to put yourself in that kind of headspace in a relationship than we give people credit for. Like, mm -hmm. it's so easy to slip into that. And I've experienced it in non-romantic relationships for sure also. And I just want to commend you because I think the things you've learned about yourself and about relationships in such a short period of time are actually so important and not easy. Like they all make so much logical sense, but it's really hard to see those things um, when you're so attached to somebody. And so, I don't know, just like, I just wanna tell you how much I admire that because I think like, I don't know. Maybe some people think it's kind of silly for me to think that that's a big deal, but I, I really think it's like very commendable and it takes a lot of strength and um, intention. So good job. <laughs> yeah. And also at such a young age. Yeah. Like shy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, the, I think that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this so much because I feel like when you're going through, because the truth is that's like grief. I, that's what I told John. I keep wanting to say his actual name. <laughs> um, that's what I told John. I was like, this hurts so bad because I feel like I'm losing a whole part of me. Like this is the worst. I feel like I'm grieving because I know that I will probably never see you again, maybe in passing, but it will never be the same. Mm -hmm. And I had to promise myself, I will never get back together with him because I will always wonder like if I did something wrong or if he will love me enough. And so that's, it's so hard when it feels like you're grieving. And it's been really interesting because I wasn't expecting to be okay so fast. Like mm -hmm. I thought this was totally going to throw me for a loop. I even told my roommate, I was like, this is like my hot girl winter. Like I'm not <laughs> dating anyone. I'm just going to take time off. And then, like I mentioned, I started dating someone because he had also gone through a really hard heartbreak and we had had good conversations about this topic um, and we talked a little bit about how you will always love someone that you have been in love with. I firmly believe that. I believe that if I ever saw him again, that my heart would sink all the way to the floor and I would feel those feelings of love because I that love is so deeply rooted in who I am as a person. Like that was more than just a day of my life. Like he played such a huge role in my life. Um, and so I, but I, and I think that's totally okay. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm still like, I still have so much love for the boy I dated before John. He's like totally married and I have no clue what he's up to, but some, I like ran into one of his friends the other day and I was just like, man, I wish I would have asked how he's doing because I care for him so much. And I still pray for both of them because I hope that they're doing well. Like, I don't ever hope that you know, they, terrible things happen to them. Like I want them to find what they were looking for that they couldn't find in me. Um, and I, I hope that for myself too. And I think just kind of like my thoughts that my conclusions that I've made based on what I had gone through is there's an Instagram account. I wish I knew her at handle. Um, but she talks about like dating yourself mm -hmm. 
And even though some sometimes that takes a year, sometimes it takes two weeks, like it doesn't matter how long it takes. I think sometimes we like romanticize taking time, but like when you feel ready to do something, go do it. Like don't hold yourself back because you think you need more time. Like if you feel like you want to go on a date, go on a date. If you start dating someone for a little bit and you're like, ooh, I'm not ready you're not stuck. Like people have to understand and you're allowed to set those boundaries. Um, and even though I am dating somebody else right now and we haven't been dating for a super long time, like I found a letter on accident that John had written to me and I cried for like 30 minutes and I was a hot mess and I was so upset and it felt like it had happened all over again. And, um, the the person that I'm dating right now, he was so kind and he let me rant about it. And he just sat there and I was like, I'm so sorry. And he was, I was like, I know this is exhausting. And he was just like, this isn't exhausting because I care for you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, whoa, that's awesome. Like you need people in your life that will let you heal. Even if things come up three months later and you like never expected it. <laughs> um, and so I'm just so glad that I learned to like be patient with myself and not be angry at others and allow myself to feel that peace. Because I think a huge part of moving on is knowing that you're worth, you're worth it. Like you deserve to move on. You deserve to be happy. And you, you don't like, I mean, Obviously, if you're treating someone terrible, that might be a part of the reason why they broke up with you. Um, but I can confidently say that, like, I was a great girlfriend despite some of my flaws. Like, I was a great girlfriend and I loved him unconditionally. And that's awesome. And I didn't do anything wrong, in my opinion. And if I did do something wrong, I hope that he would have told me, but he didn't. So it's I feel like it's safe for me to assume that I didn't do anything wrong. Um, and I've just been hyping myself up and letting myself know that, like, I deserve someone who is completely in love with me and obsessed with me. I don't deserve to be sitting in my bed all day. I deserve to have friends. I deserve to let people help me. I deserve to cry with people. I deserve to be vulnerable with people. And hopefully when I find that peace in myself, I can give that to others too. Because now when people come to me and they're like, I'm going through this hard thing, I can say like, you deserve, you deserve more. And that's, that's an awesome thing to feel when you're, you know that you deserve the world. And I don't think that's cocky or like something to be ashamed of. Like, that's just what I deserve. That's what everyone deserves. And so I hope that, you know, people who are kind of going through something hard, whether it's like grief or somebody hurt them or like didn't respect their boundaries or broke up with them, know that they deserve more than like letting somebody ruin ruin their day because you like literally have no idea how many days that you have and so you might as well just like enjoy them and don't let someone that's really silly ruin all the awesome days that you can have (laughs) well and I was gonna ask you a question but you just kind of answered it or I was gonna ask like what advice you'd give to somebody who feels like they gave so much to a well well you would tell to somebody who gave so much to a relationship and then just was like left you know by the wayside and wondering because I have so many friends who will give so much to a relationship and then when it ends they just are like so broken and they can't help but try to get that person back or you know again pick apart every little thing that they could have done wrong or that they could have done better maybe if I fix this then like they'll want me And I was going to ask you like what advice you give, but I think what you said, it was so perfect that it's like, okay, you just have to know that that is not worth it. Mm -hmm. 
and you have to just let it go. Yeah. And however you let it go is good for you, whether that means you cry for three days straight or you cut off all your hair or you go on a vacation or whatever the thing is, like you go do that and you find what you need to do to get over it. And I think that's so important (laughs) because it is really easy to just want to give yourself to someone and plan the rest of your life around someone And then, you know, when that's all dashed, that you feel just like destroyed. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I feel like what you've been able to do since that moment has been really healthy and is a good example to people who struggle with that. Yeah. And I would even add to that as well. Like I saw this quote a few days after that just said, like, release what released you. And that was so healing for me because I was just like why am I trying to like hold so tightly onto this thing? And I was like, kind of thinking to myself, I'm holding on so much out of fear. This is a scare. This is so scary. Like I need to figure out what to do with school and where I'm going to live and all these scary things about telling people that we broke up and knowing people would ask because we had all the same friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was so just a relief to release what released me and know that (laughs) I don't need to, out of fear, hold on. And I don't need to be afraid of what I don't know is going to come. I'm in this new relationship and I have so many moments where I'm so scared and I'm expressing those fears and I'm, and it's normal because, you know, you, you, you develop those fears when somebody hurts you, your body wants to protect you and protect your mind and your, your well-being. Um, but knowing that you should just try to do everything without fear, I think is so, so important. Don't let that instill all that fear in you. Do you have some sort of tip for overcoming fear and fear that is related to anything? Yeah, yeah. Do you have some way that you conquer that? I feel like it's very situational, but a few things, because I would say I'm a pretty fearless person. <laughs> I I feel like I, I've learned to overcome my fear and I, I give props to my mom for that because she's so fearless. Um, but I always tell myself it's not that deep. Um, in two weeks, will I care? If I'll care in two weeks, will I care in a year? No. Um, and it's so scary sometimes to go up to someone and ask for their number or to give a speech in class or to put yourself on the line and tell the person you're dating that you love them and that you see a future with them. It's scary to be left alone. It's scary to start a new chapter and all those things I think instill fear into us and fear is paralyzing. And the worst thing we can do in life is to just be stagnant. Um, I feel like if you're going backwards, you have an opportunity to move forward. And if you're moving forward, then you're trying to reach your goals. But being stagnant is worse than moving backwards, in my opinion. Um, And so I just always ask myself, like, is it that deep? Is this going to affect my life in 10 years? Some things do. Like, um, there's things that are hard for me that I know, like, if I participated in that thing, I probably wouldn't ever turn back. And so I know, hey, yeah, that actually... This fear is good. This fear is protecting me. But with other things like being in relationships or starting something new, it literally will not matter in five years. And also I try to, because fear tells you all the things that could go wrong, right? You're like, well, what if no one listens to my podcast or what if they break my heart? (laughs) And I just have realized that you have no control over that. There's literally nothing that you can do in this present moment to control whether or not that happens, except for choose not to do it. And if you feel like that fear is going to like 
I guess that result of that fear of maybe not working out is too grave to maybe just not go with the other option that maybe it does work out, then I think it's okay maybe not to. You don't have to push yourself past your limits to where you're gonna like be paralyzed in fear and regret all the things you're doing. But I think so often, if you flip it and say, well, what if this does work out? Like, what if we are in a good relationship and and we do end up together? And what if I learned something really great from this person? Or what if my podcast goes viral? Or what if <laughs> everyone loves to see my dancing videos on TikTok? Um, it can just be so much more motivating. And I think you're showing fear that you are so much stronger than fear. And I love that feeling. I kind of get a like a high from it. I'm like, <laughs> yes, I did it. Like, I don't have anything controlling me. I can literally do whatever I want. I could throw this cup at the wall. I can <laughs> go viral. I can graduate from college. It's so freeing, I feel like, to not be held back by fear. Yeah. Don't you, didn't you just get some art that said, what if it all goes what right? What if it all works out? Oh, what if it all works out? Yeah. It's really great. It is. I feel like I'm just learning so much from you right now. Like I'm not, I'm not even lying. I feel like I'm sitting here like pondering so many things because, oh, and I wanted to ask because I feel like in my experience, I have often put a lot of my own worth into how other people feel about me. And I think that can be kind of common sometimes where you like, that's why breakups can be so difficult is because you feel like so much of like who you are and what makes you good was how you treated that person or how that person um, made you feel about yourself. So I, I wanted to ask you how, I guess, what sources you draw your own self-worth from that help you feel that like freeing feeling when you aren't with someone anymore? That's a really good question. And I have two answers. I don't try to keep them brief because sometimes I get on, I'm so passionate about this. <laughs> um, my first answer is there's this thing called an I am list that I did in therapy um, because I couldn't say anything that I loved about myself. And that was such a dark time for me. And that was only like a year ago, honestly. That was not that long ago. But I started doing an I am list like every day without fail. So basically what you do is you write 20 things that you are. Um, they don't have to have anything attached to it. You can say, I'm anxious. I am kind. I'm beautiful. I am depressed. I am angry. I'm moody. And you don't have to attach like a positive or negative to it. It's just, that's just who you are. Um, and at first, everything on my list was negative. I thought that I was so mean and evil, even though I'm literally not. And I've learned <laughs> that since then. I'm not inherently a mean person. No, but I not even a word that could come up <laughs> when thinking about you. I've known you for 40 minutes and I can agree. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's what's so harmful about anxiety is yeah. it feeds all these things to you that you're not. And so when I was able to say, I am mean, and then my therapist would say, when were you mean this? This week. And I couldn't think of a single moment. I was like, okay, well then I know that is not a fact. <laughs> yeah, like there is a back that up. Seriously. I was like, there's actually no evidence to prove this. And he was like, when were you kind this week? And I was like, I was kind to this person and this person. And he was like, okay, so you are kind. And he was like, do you do mean things? Yes. But that doesn't mean you are a mean person. Yeah. Kind people can still lash out and 
yeah, so that was really helpful making an I am list and seeing the progress to now being like, I'm a little moody. I am. I know that I'm that way. (laughs) And that's okay. That doesn't mean I have to stay that way, but I can be aware of it and I can accept that and be okay. And I don't have to let that define who I am because yeah, I'm a little moody, but also I am so loving and I will love on you forever. And maybe I'll get a little bit moody here and there, but like I'm a loving person and I know that both of those things make me who I am. So an I am list, I recommend to literally anyone and even take it a step further. You can, when you feel more like healed, making a healthy I am list, making a I want to be list and taking those things that maybe you don't love about yourself and in a healthy way saying it can be this way. So an I am list is great. And then one of my, so um, when you're a missionary, you have a companion, which is like your teaching partner. Um, and so it's just the two of you all of the time and you get to know each other really well. <laughs> so I had a companion, her name was Addie. Um, and we had great conversations about this and she explained it to me like this. And I hope that I can explain this visual, but she said, if you just imagine there's like just this blank room, like literally there's nothing in it and you're just standing in the middle and there's all these things that people think about you and that you think about you kind of floating or like orbiting around you. So you're the center and all these things are floating around you. Um, and it was just really cool because she said, she called me sister Schmidt because that was my (laughs) name at the time, but she was like, Summer, I feel like you've learned how to anchor the things that you know are true about yourself. Like you take those things and you anchor them to yourself and you find that in yourself and you reflect and you think today I did these awesome things. So that must mean that I'm this way. And it's kind of like you're reaching out and you're grabbing them. And so when all these things are spinning around you, those specific thoughts are anchored to you and you know that they're attached to you and you kind of just let the other things float around and they don't really mean anything. They're just kind of taking up the space and they, they're not anchored to who you are, or what, what you become. And she said that, you know, it's hard though, because sometimes there's these thoughts that people say, like, you know, people will say, well, I don't really like your haircut or I feel like Summer just is really not a nice person or she really hurt my feelings or she's super fake. I get that one all the time. People are like, there's no way she's that excited. I'm like, well, sit down because I am. Um, But I get that all the time that I'm being fake. And it's so easy to grab onto those things and say, I guess maybe I am. Like if everyone thinks that about me, then maybe it's true. But it's so important to learn how to like anchor to the things that will keep you grounded, like in being happy with yourself so that even if that friend who called you fake leaves, you're not anchored to anything that they've given to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that that also on the other end, it's not bad to take compliments from people um, and knowing, oh, I, I didn't realize my hair looked good today or that you love that I love to give service. Like, that's really awesome that you noticed that about me and being able to to kind of take that as an opportunity to self-reflect and say, do I feel that way about myself? Yeah, I do. Like I totally just gave some random person a massage and like, (laughs) I love to do all these things to do service. So like I must be service oriented and that's just how I am. Um, So those are my two answers. I think anchoring and I am list can make such a huge difference. I love that. Let me made me think I always so I'll never be famous. And honestly, fame to me is like the idea of being famous is really sounds terrible. But 
I always think I'm like, if I were in a situation where lots of people knew me, say, say I'm in a movie and then I'm interviewing on Jimmy Fallon, right? And somebody who doesn't have any idea who I am will look and be like, she seems like a really nice person, right? I do that to celebrities, uh, whoa, celebrities all the time where I'm like, they just seem really cool and I want to be best friends with them. But then you'll hear like somebody will say, oh, I went to high school with them and they're not that nice. And I always think about like, what are those things that somebody is going to, and I could make a list. I could tell you all those things right now. (laughs) They're in my brain. But like, I know this person would be like, oh, well, this thing happened in high school and this is how she handled it. Like, or they, maybe they wouldn't say that story, but they'd be like, oh yeah, she was like, like this. And it like pains me because I look at it and I'm like, but I'm literally not like I did one dumb thing. Or I reacted poorly to a situation. And if we were to talk about it now, you'd see that like, one, I'm a completely different person. And two, that I have completely different thoughts on it than you maybe think that I do. And it is so easy to like, let that just like spin around and play in my brain over and over and over again. I need therapy. We've talked about this. (laughs) But I like will let it destroy me sometimes. But I have to think about I'm like, okay, This famous person that I'm looking at, who I think is really cool, if someone were to tell me something that they did like one time, would I let that determine what I think about them? Or would I just be like, you know what? They might be a completely different person now. And so I, (laughs) it's such a dumb thing to say out loud (laughs) that I think about this. Being very vulnerable, but it is something that I think about where I'm like, okay, I need to allow myself growth and change and not let other people define that growth and change. And it's really tough to do, to, mm-hmm. to anchor yourself to those negative things that somebody might think about you when like that one thing that I did is not who I am at all, but it's, it's a hard reflection and thing to like fully understand. So thank you for your advice on that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like sometimes when I talk about this, it sounds like I'm great at it, but I'm not. Like, there are so many moments still where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this person thinks this about me or maybe they're mad at me. And like, it's never, I'm just, it's never going to be easy. Like, it's literally never going to be an easy thing to do. But I feel like the first step is just knowing this is a thing that happens And these are some things I can do to combat those thoughts. And the more you do it, it just kind of becomes your second nature. And it's exhausting. Like, it's not like I just wake up every day and I'm like, wow, I'm so awesome. (laughs) If someone yells at me at work, I'm going to feel really great because I know I'm so nice. Like, I still feel so (laughs) sad when people are like, you don't care about your customers. I'm like, but I do, though. (laughs) And I still feel sad. But I think it's just become after... Keep in mind, over a year, I've finally been able to be like, no, like I can catch those thoughts immediately, almost always, and just say, no, that's not true. And sometimes it takes me all day to get over it, but that doesn't matter. Like as long as you know, I feel this way and these are some things I can do to not feel this way because I don't really want to, then like you are on the right track. You do not have to be good at it immediately. And it will take a lot of time. Like Emma was saying, it's not just something that you wake up one day and you're like, slave. Like, it's so hard to d- implement good, healthy coping mechanisms because our bodies love doing unhealthy things. They love wallowing. 
they love saying, oh, I'm just going to scroll on Instagram instead of think about what I need to do to change. And that's not bad, but our bodies just, our minds love that stuff. They eat that stuff alive. They're like, yes, it's so good. <laughs> well, I have, so that makes me think, I have a friend that he has done a lot of studying of like the brain and how it works. He's dealt with some extremely traumatizing things in in his life that are affecting his mental health and his ability to function just as a normal human being. And he's been doing tons of research and learning about it. And I remember him talking about how it's a, it's a fight or flight response. And there are, I'm going to mess it up because I don't know the full science and I don't remember everything that he said about it. It's been a while, but essentially like when humans were first on the earth, they were literally trying to fend for their lives against like beasts. When have you ever been head to head <laughs> with an animal fighting for your life? Never. I almost no, said not dragon. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, the dragon. <laughs> yes. We don't know, honestly. Yeah. Side never, comment, we never know. You never know. I have never had that experience. Right. So then now we have emotional dragons. <laughs> They do be feeling like that. Yes. They breathe fire. They All burn stuff the up. Place. Yeah. And they're terrifying, right? Like, so it's this fight or flight response that our body is literally like, we are in danger. And so then it does all these things to try to combat this danger that we're facing. And it is pretty wild. Like, and it, it goes back to what you're talking about earlier, where fear can be completely like immobilizing. Mm -hmm. But it can also totally keep you from moving forward. There are things that I've done in my life, decisions that I should have made a lot sooner in my life, but I didn't because I was afraid of what the outcome was going to be. And guess what? Once I finally made the decision, <laughs> I'm so much better. <laughs> but my brain told me, well, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. You're going to be sad for these reasons and all this stuff. And then like I shut down and I couldn't make a decision at all. And that was my body trying to protect itself from what potential danger could be out there from making a new decision and taking a step forward into something that could be really good for you. And honestly, I feel like there is a different kind of fear involved in something being good for you and something being bad for you, right? Mm -hmm. there, the fear of like going to something bad for you, it is like gut-wrenching, like full body, like you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not so sure about this. And you know, that's that fear that you said you should listen to. But then like the fear of moving forward, it just runs through your mind all the reasons why it would be bad. <laughs> bad fear, it's just like, that's bad. There's no reason. It just is bad. <laughs> but then when it's like fear of something potentially good, then your mind is like, well, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? Da, 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 da. And but it, what if it all works out? But what <laughs> if it all works out? And let's help our bodies to not react in this fight or flight mentality and just mm -hmm. let life be life yeah. but it's a that's a very interesting thought process sometimes think about how we're naturally wired <laughs> and trying to change that mm -hmm. <laughs> and your past obviously can help that or not yeah it's so true like it's funny because like <laughs> full circle here I feel like that's the weird thing about breakups and breakups <laughs> whether you're with your romantic partner or if someone in your life like passes away or you don't have a friend anymore it's like 
you're being forced into a fight or flight situation that you have no part of. Like you mm-hmm. literally have no part of with making a choice. Like, should I go to this school or this school or marry this person or whatever thing that you're facing? I feel like you have the ability to like make a choice, but it's so hard when you're forced into a choice. Yeah. And then you're like, well, someone else, this is an affliction. An affliction is when an outer thing is affecting how you feel and it's like kind of damaging you. And so I think it's just really interesting that it's like you're being forced into fight or flight and it's so much harder to choose like I'm going to fight for this than it is to just like ignore your problems because our brains are wired to not do hard things. Like that's why we skim read. That's why we try to do everything possible that our brains don't have any sense of like, I'm going to stretch myself today. Our brains are just like, what is the fastest possible way that I can (laughs) do this math problem or solve this problem? Because that's what they're wired to do. Um, But you can actually rewire your brain. It's kind of like my therapist explained it like a train track. It's like you're, you get so used to doing specific things. And so you're like, you're training your train of thought, I guess. I didn't realize that until right now. That's really funny. (laughs) But your train of thought is on this track. And when you are saying, when you're fighting, it's like you're building one of those like side tracks that leads to what essentially looks like nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But the more you do it, that becomes your thought process. And that's the fighting part. That's why it's so worth it because you're building this other track that will help you and your central nervous system and your body will say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've been through this before. We built this other track. I think I know how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really like that comment because I think that's another huge part of why it's so hard to like cope with things um, because you're consciously building this other track and it can be exhausting it can give you headaches and it can make you tired so it it makes sense why it's so difficult so i know eventually you want children (laughs) and what are things that you felt like this is gonna be kind of several questions within a question okay (laughs) what are some things that you feel like your parents or people close to you taught you that were really good about handling things like what you went through with this breakup and loving yourself. What are things you wished that they had taught you? And what do you want to carry on when you have children? That's a really good question. And it's so loaded. So many things just already <laughs> came to my mind. I know. I think um, I have already touched a little bit on my parents are so strong. Like yeah. I honestly know very few people who are as emotionally strong as they are. My mom um, and my dad, they accidentally conceived my oldest brother um it's no secret it's been a long time um when they were really young and they fought for a long time to be financially stable and to have a family and they taught me so much about emotional resilience um and so I think that's something that I hope to teach my children they let me feel my feelings like my mom said you can cry for 30 minutes and it's not like she set a timer, but the principle was that it's okay to cry when your hamster dies, but it's not okay to let it ruin your life. So like, let's, let's do that. And I hope to teach my children that that same principle of you are, I, this is something that I learned during my missionary service that you're an agent to act and not be acted upon. Mm -hmm. Um, you are the only person that can make yourself feel any specific way because you're in control and that's a beautiful gift and we have to learn how to use it correctly. And so I'm really thankful that my parents taught me that. And, um, I guess going along and I, I hope to teach that to my children that they know that 
I'm there for them and that they should feel their feelings and they shouldn't just push them away. Um, but to also take control of your own life and know that, you know, you are in control. And then something that I wish that I would have learned, and I don't think that this is anybody's fault per se. I think it just came with a learning experience. Um, when I was first experiencing anxiety, I think that my oldest brother definitely, I think, had experienced anxiety, but he's a lot older than I am. And I don't know if it was so much like talked about when he was growing up. I don't know for sure. We haven't ever talked about it. That's his own story. But um, I think that, you know, he would tell me like, yeah, I was definitely an anxious child and I am very anxious and I always have been. Um, and I think I'm so proud of how much my parents have learned about mental health because when I was first experiencing it, it was kind of this thing that was like, everyone feels that. Like I feel anxious and I feel this way. And like, I don't, I don't know if it necessarily clicked that I was like, no, I messed up on my math homework and I feel like I'm not going to be a good mom. Like that was the thing that would always happen. <laughs> I would like be mean to someone and I'd be like, I'm never going to be fit to be a mother. That's like the one anxious thought that always comes back. And I was like, that's not normal. That's not like the normal <laughs> thing that you just feel like right. messing up on your math homework and being like, oh man, I just did bad. That is embarrassing. It's normal thinking it will affect your motherhood is not normal. <laughs> and so when I talked to them about it, they were so kind and they listened to me and they tried to find all these super sweet natural remedies. Like my mom would give me these like lavender bath salts and these oils and they bought me these coloring books. They let me switch schools so that I could find new friends and they were very understanding. Um, but I hope that They've, they've been able to learn a lot about mental health and they support me so much in taking medication and learning what medication works for me and helping me get the medication and all those things. So I hope that I can carry this um, kind of progression that they've made in being so supportive to me with my kids because I know that wasn't like just totally in their realm in the first place. Um, but I, and I think also going along with that, I want to take like, their ability to be supportive and also to learn. Like when I know that when I have kids, they're going to be experiencing things that are so confusing to me and I'm going to have no idea what's going on. But my parents were never like, well, that doesn't really matter. And we, that's not our problem. So you need to figure that out on your own. Like I remember my mom, I'm literally about to cry. My mom did like hours of research learning about anxiety. And, um, I just felt so loved. Like, how kind is that? She took so much time out of her own day to learn about something that I was going through. So I hope that I can be that kind when I'm a mom. My mom is literally an angel that walks this earth. <laughs> it's true. She is so sweet. And my dad too. They're both just great people. And yeah, so shout out to Cindy there. I know they have been through the ringer. Like imagine <laughs> getting married when you're like 17, 18, or maybe it was 18 and 19. It was around that age. And just like, I mean, your dad working. was in high school. Yeah. My dad was literally were they in, high both school. in high school when they got married. I know no. your mom graduated before he did. Yeah. I think my mom was graduated and my dad was in high school, but like they worked so hard to provide such a good life for us. And then I was a surprise. Like I came 12 years after that, my second brother. And so who is like four or five years old, older than me. Mm -hmm. I remember I'm seven years old. Yeah. You, so. so there's a big gap. And like they just worked so hard to make sure that we were happy and had fun experiences and felt supported. And they pushed me really hard, um, which 
you know, I think sometimes that was hard (laughs) and we've had good conversations about that, but I can like 100% say that like, I definitely am who I am because of who they are. And so I hope like, if I can even just be a sliver of as awesome as they are, I know that's a little bit of a side tangent, but they are, they deserve the most shout outs because they (laughs) are seriously some of the most charitable service oriented like just incredible people. I cannot rave about them enough. They're so awesome. So yeah. yeah. I'm so glad that we were able to have you on and that you and Olivia were able to finally meet. Yeah, I know. I've been telling you both. I'm like, you guys would be great friends. <laughs> I know. I'm like, do I get a new friend? <laughs> Maybe yes. I'm looking for new friends. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here and ready to work. <laughs> yeah. No, I think this is a great, uh, this was a great blind date. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it again sometime. Please. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Um, But I, yeah, this was really fun to have you on. Uh, Oh my gosh. Shout out to Liesl for like yelling in the background tonight. She's saying amen. She knows the struggle (laughs) of having a breakup. (laughs) She's like, I have to break up with Bluey every time that TV turns (laughs) on. but yeah thank you I love you no yeah thank you this was so much fun and um yeah it's really good to just talk about things you know yeah get the word out so yeah yeah thanks for having me of course (laughs) I love this (laughs) thanks for listening to this week's episode of a sip down memory lane and thanks summer for being here Make sure to follow us on Instagram, follow our podcast on whatever platform you listen on, and follow us on TikTok if you would feel so inclined. It's at Sips Podcast. (laughs) And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. 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 I dated a John whose name is actually John and he was awful. (gasps) Manifested that. I manifested that. Yeah.